Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime. LGBT. Thriller. You have now entered the house of mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. Heard on KCB 106.5 FM Los Angeles, 102.3 FM Riverside, and 1050 AM Palm Springs. But we have another uh, author who's uh, written a book, and uh, uh, kind of a different than what we had with uh, Mark Lee Gardner, kind of a little different point of view, I guess we would say, uh, but very interesting, and uh, kind of the influence of uh, Young Guns too, and, uh, um, and and we talked about this before. So uh, today we have uh, Daniel A. Edwards, um, author of Billy the Kid, an autobiography, and it's The Kid's Identity Revealed. Thanks very much for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you, Al. Thanks for having me. No, it's a, it's a pleasure. Um, I, I ha- now, the, we were talking earlier, this is your only book that you've written so far. It is, it is. I was kind of compelled by the story and uh, started looking into this topic a bit, and uh, it, it ended up coming out as a book <laughs> so wasn't intentional but uh but i'm here and uh very excited about it and glad to get the story out so thank you what brought you to this like did you have an interest in billy the kid itself and you kind of followed it all along or you fell into it like how did this come along well you know it's funny um i've always been interested in the wild west i mean watching the lone ranger watching cowboy movies and these types of things um but you mentioned it i mean young guns i i was Back in the 90s, I saw the original Young Guns movies, and uh, I thought, you know, not knowing really anything about Billy the Kid, I thought, wow, I didn't know he lived to be an old guy. You know, I thought he was killed. <laughs> and so, you know, I did some some research and found out that there was this gentleman named uh, Brushy Bill Roberts that had uh, been identified in the 1950s or 1940s 
and uh, went before the governor of New Mexico asking for a pardon for crimes committed under the name Billy the Kid. And I was somewhat fascinated by it. So uh, there really wasn't much information on it back then. Uh, there was one uh, book that was out of print, long since out of print, that was written in 1955 by the attorney that found this guy. And uh, I had to buy a, I bought a copy just because I was interested. And uh, it was a rare copy at that point. I paid a, about 150 bucks to get an original copy. Um, read it, was interested in it, um, put it away, and then, you know, really didn't come back around to it for another decade or so um, in October, or probably 2014, uh, they started replaying Young Guns, and I thought, whatever happened to that guy? I mean, by now, they should have figured out, was he Billy the Kid or was he not Billy the Kid? I mean, it shouldn't be that hard. I mean, we have all this modern technology nowadays. And uh, I found that people were still arguing about it. So I ended up looking into it, and the results of that are, are the book you have in front of you. Yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. Now, uh, what? okay, so what evidence do you feel that you've brought out that uh, would make you believe that uh, this Bill Roberts is actually uh, Billy the Kid as we know it. No. Well, fortunately, uh, there's a number of things in the book um, that that I think are, are strong evidences for, for what happened. Um, the, the flip side of it that I think everybody has to look at, too, is the evidence you know, for the historical record or historical narrative that we've been told about what really happened or what a what they say happened to him originally. So anyway, um, the, the, my, the reason my conviction stems from not just what I found, which I'd love to chat about, but also what's lacking on the other side of the aisle. Um, so first of all, in, in, I think it was 2011, 2012, they sold the famous Billy the Kid tintype at auction. Uh, and billionaire bought it, I think, for $2.3 million. And uh, for that auction, they did a high-resolution scan of the tintype. So to my knowledge, that was the first high-res scan where you could actually take a picture of William Henry Roberts, a.k.a. Brushy Bill, and the original tintype of Billy the Kid and do a comparison. So when I did the comparison, I found that, for one thing, the two men both have what they call asymmetrical eyebrows. So their right eyebrow and the left eyebrow are different. The one eyebrow is a male eyebrow that follows the orbital bone. The other eyebrow is a female eyebrow that doesn't follow the orbital bone, which is very, very odd. It's just a strange thing. And as you know, Billy the Kid was a little odd. He had buck teeth. They said he had a high-pitched voice like a girl. So I don't know what all was going on there, but he had two different eyebrows. Well, William H. Roberts had the exact same two different eyebrows. So anyway, you start comparing the photos, and that was kind of my first eureka moment. And then I can tell you about some of the other things I, I found, but mm. that gave me the confidence to keep going. Well, maybe he was in transition. <laughs> Poor guy. I mean, I certainly don't want to insinuate <laughs> anything funny there. It's just that sometimes we have characteristics, you know, that, that are what they are. And yeah. And so, so with that itself, did you did you take that to any um, specialists or experts and have uh, other opinions other than your own? Yeah. So um, there's a number of forensic studies that have been done. Um, you know, they got a very world-renowned forensic uh, artist to do this, not myself, but someone long ago. So it's basically already been done where they said that there's a 90% match that this guy was was Billy the Kid. Um, that said, the way they do that can be somewhat technical. So for me and the purposes of my book, I presented it the way that I thought was most interesting, where I take an overlay of, of Brushy Bill and I put it over top of Billy the Kid, um, and then I would erase half his face. 
And so you can see where his nose stops, Billy the Kid picks up, and it's the exact same nose, you know, whereas I stops, it picks up the exact same nose. So, you know, people look at this sometimes, uh, detractors, I guess, and would say, oh, that's facial morphing. And, and there's one in particular that's kind of funny. It's it's uh, Queen Elizabeth and Bill Clinton, and they've merged their faces, and, and it's Queen Elizabeth with Bill Clinton's face. So, so I thought, well, that's interesting, but, you know, it doesn't look like Queen Elizabeth. It looks like Bill Clinton wearing... Queen Elizabeth's clothes. Yeah. So you yeah, know, I've that's seen called, that. I've seen that. That's okay. One. So that yeah. that's facial morphing. That's not what's going on here. I mean, I literally erased half of the one guy's face, and you can see it's the same guy. Um, and there's a number of different ways that I compared it in the book uh, that hopefully people will find interesting. But I'll tell you, I've looked at it so much, and um, I, I'm thoroughly convinced um, that it's the same guy. I mean. I think he took a bad picture that day. The original tintype is squinting, his mouth's hanging open, he's kind of leaning his head back. So you got to understand those things when you look at it. But I think it's very clear that it's the same person. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's not like they had the best uh, photography and stuff like that either, right? So, <laughs> exactly. You know, and and so now, and you've also mentioned about five living acquaintances of uh, Billy the Kid. Um, were they from the original book or were you able to find them yourself? No, no, no. So all the original, what I basically did is the reason it's an autobiography of Billy the Kid. I mean, how could I write it if it's an autobiography? And the reason is that um, when William Morrison back in 1948, uh, and and maybe I should share the story for your listeners if you'd like, uh, the context of how they found this guy. Oh, Uh, for sure, yeah. so, So Billy the Kid had a childhood friend named Jesse Evans. And Jesse Evans was a notorious outlaw. If you remember in Young Guns, they had the, the gang known as the Boys. And it was Curly Bill Brocious, and they wore the red sashes around their waist, and there was this really wild outlaw gang. Well, that was a real gang. And it was led by a, a guy named Jesse Evans. And, and he and Billy the Kid lived in Silver City, New Mexico together. They grew up together, and they were like brothers. They ended up being on the opposite sides of the Lincoln County War, which was the big event in the life of Billy the Kid uh, in Lincoln County, New Mexico. But uh, they, they still were like brothers. Well, Billy the Kid supposedly was killed in July of, of 1881. Uh, Jesse Evans killed a Texas Ranger the same year, ended up going to prison in, in Texas in 1882. They let him out in 1883, and uh, he disappeared, never to be heard from again. And so back in those days, you know, it's the Wild West. You get released from prison. You ride off into the sunset. You know, maybe he was killed. Maybe he died on the trail. Maybe he was scalped by Indians. No one knows. Well, in 1947, his brother died. And when his brother died, he left a parcel of land to Jesse Evans. And an old man in Florida, living under the alias Joe Hines, comes out and says, guess what? I'm Jesse Evans. I want my property. So the court sent a paralegal down. He proved to a court of law that he was Jesse Evans. So it was a big deal. I mean, here's a guy, a notorious outlaw after 70 years, comes out of hiding, proves to a court of law that he's Jesse Evans. Well, the lawyer that went down to settle the case was William Morrison, who ended up writing the book. So Morrison was an amateur genealogist who happened to be a distant relative of the guy that owned the house where Billy the Kid was supposedly killed. So as they're talking, Morrison says to Jesse Evans, now this is 1948, you know, hey, I can't believe you knew Billy the Kid. And yeah, we were like brothers. And he goes, well, you know, I'm a distant relative of Pete Maxwell who owned the house where Pat Garrett shot Billy the Kid. And Jesse Evans says to Morrison, Pat Garrett didn't shoot uh, Billy the Kid, not in 1881 and not ever. He's still alive. He lives in Texas. So that was the whole genesis of this this guy being discovered. He didn't come out and say, hey, I'm Billy the Kid. He was discovered and outed by Jesse Evans. Even after that, Jesse Evans would not tell Morrison 
who the guy was. He just said he's still alive. He had to find somebody else to tell him who he was. When he found Brushy Bill Roberts, he was living in a small shack in Heiko, Texas. I've been there um, eating potatoes every day, living in poverty. And he said, no, I'm not. I'm not Billy the Kid. You got the wrong guy. But when he found out he was a lawyer, he said, hey, Lou Wallace promised me a pardon in 1879. I'm 90 years old. I want my pardon before I die. So here's a guy living in the middle of nowhere that knew everything about Billy the Kid. He knew about the court case. He knew, he knew which ones were county cases versus state cases. Like He knew everything about Billy the Kid. And uh, he told his story to Morrison. So, you know, that's the real foundation of my book. All I did is I, I said, okay, he said, for example, I have a house in San Patricio, New Mexico. Let's look into that. Did he have a house in San Patricio, New Mexico? He said he served in the Rough Riders with Teddy Roosevelt. Did he serve in the te Rough Riders with Teddy Roosevelt? He said he was a U.S. Marshal. Was he a U.S. Marshal? So I looked into those things and I found evidences that the things he said he did, he really did. And even, I even found photos of him doing the things that he said he did. Uh, so it falls into line. So it's, it sounds pretty. Uh, why, then why is there so much difficulty in some of the other authors out there and people? And, and, and just in general, like if you watch, like you were saying earlier, the History Channel, or if I turn on the TV and, and there's a Billy the Kid movie or something, it kind of follows that he got shot uh, oh, yeah. by Garrett. So, so, But why is it so hard if this guy's come out? And, and, you know, it sounds pretty compelling. I mean, he looks like him and he... Uh, um, there's all these things. Uh, what's the fight about then? Like, why is it so hard? Well, I don't think the story is really out, frankly. I mean, you're one of the first to have me on radio. I mean, I was on a, I was interviewed, uh, video interview uh, in Texas um, last year. Uh, but this is really my first radio interview. And, and frankly, when people read the book, um, unless they have a pretty heavy bias already, um, you know, I'm getting five star reviews on, on Amazon and they're saying, wow, I'm convinced if this was presented to me in a court of law, I would absolutely, you know, say this guy's Billy the Kid. So, I mean, literally I've sold thousands of books and again, I'm nobody. And, uh, you know, it's my first book, but I was number two on, on Amazon Kindle in Southwest, which you think, oh, okay, it's Southwest. I mean, maybe not the most compelling category on all of Amazon. However, I was out selling Friday Night Lights which is a huge series, huge football, I mean, big, big uh, property. And my book was outselling Friday Night Lights at one point on Amazon Kindle. As a matter of fact, it was outselling it again a few days ago, uh, thank God. So, yeah. you know, I mean, people are, res the story is resonating with people, um, and I'm happy to get the story out. Yeah, yeah well, that, I mean, there's more substance to that. That's probably why it sells, uh, yeah. uh, from, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, uh, so... But uh, I'm just I'm just curious on that too because um, what what happened to uh, this guy that uh, uh, this William Roberts um, yeah whatever happened to him well it's it's kind of sad I mean it's it's good and it's bad you know it, it, what kind of endeared me to Brushy Bill Roberts is he said you know what he goes I wasn't an outlaw he goes I, I never robbed banks or stagecoaches and, and what really happened is you had a rigged system in New Mexico at the time. And, and what happened is you had a corrupt district attorney and, and a group of corrupt businessmen um, that ran the, the territory. And this is, this isn't even opinion. This is historical fact. The president of the United States had to remove the governor of New Mexico and they put in civil war general Lou Wallace, who wrote Ben Hur, by the way, they put him in as the new governor. So, I mean, it is known that it was such a corrupt uh, territory at the time. And there was a Lincoln County war. And so Billy the Kid was on one side. I mean, there was badges on both sides. Um, what happened, if you remember, as depicted in Young Guns, basically the Murphy-Dolan faction 
uh, were stealing cattle and selling it to the army. Well, John Tunstall, an Englishman, had moved in, and John Chisholm, who was a big cattle rancher in the area, they started fighting back against Murphy Dolan, and uh, they killed uh, Tunstall in cold blood, the, the Murphy Dolan faction. So Dick Brewer, uh, Tunstall's uh, foreman, went to a judge and was sworn in as a constable. So Billy the Kid was a deputy underneath uh, Dick Brewer. And so that's the regulators, you know, regulators mount up, that's in, in young guns. And so Billy the Kid was, you know, had a badge and, and, and was, a, was a deputy constable. And then when they caught the guys that supposedly killed their boss, they killed them because uh, they were supposed to escape. And so there's just a lot of politics on both sides. But what happened is Billy's side lost. And when Billy's side lost, the powers that be branded him an outlaw. They said he did all these things. They said he leads a band of 20 men in the desert and he's a, you know, bandit and all these things. And so William Roberts said, you know, I wasn't an outlaw and it's not fair to me. Basically, I want to get this straightened out before I die. So the end of what happened is Morrison prepared all of his evidence. Now he had the living, breathing Billy the Kid, you know, same height, same weight, could slip handcuffs uh, because he could put his thumb and make his hand smaller than his wrist, just like Billy the Kid could do. Not a lot of people could do that. Same blue eyes. He had five living witnesses that swore he was Billy the Kid, um, that knew him intimately, as I say, as I show in my book. And um, basically, they took him before the governor of the state in 1950, and he turned it into a media circus and uh, had a bunch of photos there and turned it into a big show. And there was armed state troopers there. Now, you got to remember, William H. Bonnie, Billy the Kid, was wanted for murder. So, you know, for this guy, William H. Roberts, to come out, and by the way, let me just tell you real quick, I don't mean to ramble here, but he said, my aunt was Catherine Bonney. My I was born William H. Roberts. My my mom died when I was three, and my aunt raised me, my aunt Catherine Bonney. So yeah, he was named, known as William H. Bonney. Later she remarried, it was William H. Antrim. But he said, I was originally William H. Roberts. And so anyway, he, um, he uh, went in front of the governor with all of his evidence. There was armed state troopers there. He was scared they were going to arrest him. He had a stroke on the spot had to lay down in the governor's office. Governor dismissed it and said, you know, I'm not going to not going to do anything with this. And basically a few days later, he died of a heart attack at home. So literally after going in front of the governor a few days later, he died. That's not like the movie. No, no. But, you know, the, the great thing, Al, is Billy died a free man. You know, despite the best efforts of everybody to hold him back, to brand him an outlaw, the corrupt system, you know, Billy died a free man. And, and I think that's a great story. You know, I think it's great to know that you know, he wasn't a dime store uh, novel uh, guy or a comic book hero. He was a real person. And I think that historians have an obligation to look into this. So anyway, I have evidence in my book. Uh, it's open to the world. And I think the more people look at it, I mean, uh, this is just scratching the surface of this subject. And I'm sure people a lot smarter than me can find uh, even more evidence. Uh, you know, I found a bunch, but uh, there's a lot more out there. Do you, do you think this um, William Roberts knew... Um how popular he was as a character? He did, because in the 20s and 30s, you know, there was a lot of movies about Billy the Kid and comic books and, and things like this. So he absolutely knew, um, which is probably why he was scared to come out, because they made him into this, this notorious, I mean, he was the West's most wanted desperado. And so, uh, you know, I don't really talk about this in my book, and I frankly I don't really have an opinion on it, but there's a guy that claimed to be Jesse James, and Brushy actually uh, came out and said, he didn't claim to be Billy the Kid. He never did. Not until they found him did he say that. But he actually supported this guy. And the reason, and, and I don't really think the guy was Jesse James. Um, maybe he was a brother of Jesse. I don't know. I, I haven't looked into that really at all. 
But but my point is, I think that Brushy may have went along with it to see how they treated the guy. Because I think he always wanted to come out. He always wanted to get a pardon. He always felt like he had been wronged. Um, I mean, they were going to hang him. And so had he not escaped, he would have been dead. And much to the consternation of the powers that be, he was able to escape and he lived to a ripe old age. But, you know, I think that when you look at his story in entirety, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, he uh, he was on the run until he was 90. But again, he died a free man. So I think that's a comforting thought. I guess there was no way of doing any sort of DNA anymore, is there? No, you know, the, the, all the graves there, from what I understand, have been washed away. Um, but, you know, he claimed that his his uh, partner that was killed that night uh, at Maxwell's house was a half-Mexican cowboy that gave him the name Billy Barlow. Well, what's interesting is um, the Las Cruces Sun-Times paper, uh, about nine days after the shooting, published a article that said the kid was lingering in Fort Sumner, New Mexico, and had dyed his skin brown and had grown a beard to disguise himself as a Mexican. So basically, there was contemporary, and history completely ignores this contemporary article from a local newspaper right next to where the shooting happened. But basically, you know, it said the body looked like a dead Mexican. So, you know, if you find the body or the bones, you're going to get the dead Mexican's uh, DNA. You're not going to get Billy the Kid's. Um, but there's really no way to do that Um but uh, there's a lot in the book about that, though. But again, that's one example. I mean, other people have probably found that article, but that's one example of corroboration to Brushyville's testimony from 1950 from an article written in 1881 uh, by a local newspaper. What's your thought on Pat Garrett then and about uh, uh, claiming that he shot Billy the Kid? Do you think uh, he just he, that he knew it wasn't Billy the Kid or he actually uh, was fooled? No, I think he, he knew for sure. I mean, what is... A fact of history is that Pat Garrett had shot at least two men from ambush without warning, uh, and they were the wrong guy, trying to get Billy the Kid. So he shot two men from ambush without warning, trying to get Billy the Kid, and he got the wrong guy. So first he killed Charlie Beaudry uh, and Tom O'Fallier. Um, well, first he killed, I think, Tom, and then he killed Charlie Charlie Beaudry. And so this would be the third time that he shot the wrong guy from ambush without warning, and he was out of his jurisdiction. He, he was a Lincoln County sheriff. And people will say, well, he's a deputy marshal, so his jurisdiction is everywhere. Well, okay, but but he was a Lincoln County sheriff. He was in Fort Sumner, which had its own Mexican sheriff. So he was out of his jurisdiction. He was in a hostile town. He had married uh, uh, Silva Gutierrez's sister. Um, so his his ex-wife's in-laws lived in that town. They all hated him. <laughs> and so, um, you know, he had to – they hunkered down. If you read the story of the other deputies that were there – they hunkered down after they killed supposedly Billy the Kid. The first thing that uh, John Poe, who was a deputy there, said, he goes, Pat, Kid would not have come here. You shot the wrong guy. And so, you know, again, that's his testimony. So there's plenty of evidence that says Pat Garrett did not kill Billy the Kid. Um, and now that we have, you know, William H. Roberts's testimony and evidence that's, that verify a lot of the things he says, um, I don't think there's any doubt that he was really Billy the Kid. So... How did how did he convince people that it was Billy the Kid if it looked uh, like uh, tan? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Scan like a more Mexican and a beard. How did he convince the people there? Well, all the people were Mexican. It was a Mexican town. They love Billy the Kid. And so, you know, I think if you, if you, if you put yourself in the mindset of people back then, I mean, they mind, they minded their own business quite a bit. So it's like, you know, I mean, they don't know about the New York times newspapers and all this thing. I mean, this is a local thing and, and he, they shot a guy, a half Mexican cowboy off the prairie. that wasn't a local guy. And, and, you know, they didn't really, I don't know that they really knew. Now there's a coroner's jury and all these things. But if you look into this, it is so bad. <laughs> like one, he was denied the, the reward uh, for killing Billy the kid for a long time. There was warrants issued for Billy the Kid in 1883 after he was supposedly killed in 1881. There was another warrant issued for him in 1885 after he was supposedly killed in 1881. So I think that, you know, when you, it's easy to do revisionist history. Uh, and, and, but if you look at the original documents and the things that actually happened, there's no proof he killed Billy the Kid other than a few people said so. I mean, that's literally it. There's no, there's no body. There's no photo of the body. There's no death certificate. There's none of that stuff. There's a coroner's jury that he, um, ripped up and rewrote. He lost the first one supposedly and had to get a second one. Um, there's all kinds of inconsistencies and problems with the original story. And frankly, the story that Brushy Bill gave is the most reasonable uh, and the one that best fits the character and nature of everyone involved. So, for example, well, and I have it in my book. I probably couldn't say it from memory, but you basically have to believe that an armed Billy the Kid would walk right by deputies on the porch. Um, you know, he said, KNS, KNS, who is it, who is it? And they said, well, we're friends. We're not here to hurt you. And he said, KNS. Now, why would you respond in Spanish if you're an English guy and somebody says to you in English, you know, we're here, we're your friends. You know, why is he talking in Spanish? So it sounds a lot like a half Mexican, you know. And by the way, who was drunk? Um, Brushy said his partner was drunk. They were hungry. They asked his buddy to make him some food. They said, well, look, Garrett's in town. You better stay here tonight. I said, okay. And he goes, well, all I have is beef and, uh, beans and, and tortillas. If you want meat, you got to go next door to Pete Maxwell's. And he goes, no, 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 I'm going to stay here. Well, his buddy was drunk. And he goes, I want meat. 
And he goes, look, don't go out there. Garrett's out there. And he says, no, no I'm going to go. So he goes next door and gets killed. And um, basically, Billy Brushy says he came out, exchanged fire, and then and he got wounded. And next thing you know, uh, his friends um, tell him, hey, Garrett's passing off Billy Barlow as you. Let's get out of town. And that was it. He was out. So now that uh, uh, Billy Barlow guy, do we know where he's buried? Can we follow up on that? Well, apparently there's a big flood through there. And so they've, they've set up a tourist grave for Billy the Kid, Charlie uh, Beaudry, and Tom O'Falliard, but it's not the original spot. And they'll tell you that. So, no, it's all been flooded out. They don't really know where those bodies is my understanding. And, again, I'm not an expert on on, on that type of thing, Um Really, I came at this with fresh eyes and said, "Let me." You know, he said he had a house in San Patricio. Let's find it. Let's see if he did. So, hmm. um, if I may, on that point, Al. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he said he had a house in San Patricio. Well, well, Billy the Kid is portrayed as this, you know, nomad. You know, he's a homeless drifter that stumbles in and out of trouble, and he's lucky, and he's kind of an idiot. I mean, frankly. Um, but when you look back and you read the letters that he, had, he either wrote or had written to the governor, I mean, very smart tactician, very smart guy. He wasn't a Neanderthal mouth breather like people want to portray him. But anyway, he said he had a house in San Patricio. I pulled the 1880 census of San Patricio. There's 230 residents in San Patricio in 1880. All of them are Mexican, except for two guys. There's two white guys in Mexico, or I'm sorry, in, in San Patricio. The one guy's 49 years old with his wife and kids. The other guy is from Texas. He's 20 years old, the same age as, as Billy the Kid. He's sick on the day of the census of a gunshot wound. He's the only one in town sick of a gunshot wound. And his name is John S. Murphy. Okay, so in the Lincoln County War, the two sides were John S. Chisholm and Lawrence Murphy. So I think he took the two names and he made an alias. So that you think, oh, maybe, maybe not, uh, who knows, okay? But then I searched the historical record, and I said, is there another John S. Murphy doing any of the things that Billy the Kid said he did, or Brushy Bill Roberts said he did? Well, it's interesting. Because he said he was in the Rough Riders with Teddy Roosevelt with Cuba in the Spanish-American War. He said first he was a scout, and then he got in charge of breaking all the horses. Even though he was a private, he rose to be in charge of the horse-breaking effort. Well, there is a guy. And before that, he says he was uh, worked for Hanging Judge Isaac Parker as a deputy. Okay. Well, it's funny. There's a guy in the Rough Riders who was a scout, and then he was in charge of breaking all the horses. He was a private. Before he was uh, in the Rough Riders, they... He was either affiliated with the judge or he was a judge. His nickname was the judge. And he's the guy that gave uh, Teddy Roosevelt, the Bron Reming Frederick Remington's Bronkbuster statue, a copy of which is in the White House today. Okay, So very notorious. He's in every major newspaper in 1898. He's in the New York Times. He's in the Chicago Tribune. He's in every major newspaper. The guy's name is not John S. Murphy. It's William S. Murphy. So Billy, William S. Murphy. I found a photo of William S. Murphy, and it's Brushy Bill Roberts. It's in the book. Very interesting. Uh, why do you think that uh, Billy the Kid was so popular? Like, why do you think he still uh, resonates with us today? You know, uh, he, he, he is really a, a folk hero type guy. Uh, if people don't want to, I don't know, I, I guess, you know, young guy, 21 years old, he, by his 21st birthday, he killed 21 men, supposedly. You know, he had a great sense of humor. He could dance. He could speak fluent Spanish. I mean, he's kind of a cool dude, you know. He he's fastest on the gun, you know. Nobody could beat him with his left hand, supposedly. And I don't know he's kind of romanticized, but you know, the reality is he really was a charming guy. I mean, the Mexicans loved him, loved him, loved him. He was one of them. Um, if you read Brushy Bill's story, 
you know, you kind of get a sense of of his his ideals in the sense that he was literally the last guy standing in the Lincoln County War, and he wouldn't give up. He didn't want to give up. He, he, he said, my friends have been killed. I have to avenge my friends. Uh, I got to tell the truth. I got to I got to tell the real story. And Billy the Kid kept fighting. And so they branded him an outlaw. They tried to have him hung, and he kept escaping. And so, you know, the common people were cheering for this guy against a corrupt system. And I think that story has a lot of relevance uh, today. And now a lot of people um, have written that uh, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid were friends, like some yep. of the movies, and then others have said, no, actually they weren't. They barely, well, you know, so. Yeah. They, no, they were. They, they were. And then, um, so, so Billy the Kid, you know, and Brushy Bill, he said, you know, we used to gamble together. They called him Big Casino, and I was Little Casino. And so they were buddies. He said, but Garrett turned coat. So he said he used to gamble with us. He said he wasn't a saint either. And, and we know that, that Pat Garrett was not a saint, you know, before uh, he came to Lincoln County. Um, but the Catrone gang put him up to run against Sheriff Kimbrell, who was the incumbent sheriff, who was friends with Billy the Kid. And so they got Garrett elected, and then Garrett, you know, uh, turned on Billy the Kid and turned on his buddies. But but they were very good friends. He said when they his first marriage, Pat Garrett's first marriage, he said we bought we paid for the wedding and bought him his first pair of boots when he came to Lincoln County. Um, but, you know, Garrett turned around. But, you know, something that's really interesting to me anyway, Al, is now here's this old guy living in literally a very, very small town, no Internet. You know, the library didn't have the resources for him to study Billy the Kid. There's no way this guy would know these things. And if you look at the language he uses when he says, I told Pat Garrett, next time he sees me, he better come a shoot. Right. And then you look at these archived letters from the Pat, and things that Pat Garrett wrote and things that he sent to the governor. He uses the same language. Pat Garrett says, Billy the Kid, basically, he said, how would you feel if they're criticizing him for shooting Billy, you know, uh, on, in the darkened bedroom of Pete Maxwell without getting him a chance to, to shoot back? And so he says, well, how would you feel if a guy of Billy the Kid's uh, disposition, you know, told you the next time he saw you, you better come a shooting? And so, you know, it's little things like that. There's another incident where uh, this guy uh, – they're at the Great House Ranch, and the sheriff comes to get him, and uh, he says, uh, look, he goes, if you don't have a warrant, it's mob violence. He goes, I'm not going to submit to mob violence. You come back with a warrant, I'll come with you to jail. That's what Billy the Kid told the sheriff. Well, there's a, there's a letter that we have now, but he certainly didn't have in 1950, where Billy the Kid said to the governor, these guys came to get me, and they didn't have a warrant, and that's mob violence, and I'm not going to submit to mob violence. So basically, you have this guy. I mean, he knew everything. I don't think there's any doubt that this guy was a real Billy the Kid. Um, what's your reaction been um, since the book's been out? I, uh, what, what kind of reaction? Do you get any feedback from uh, readers or other authors or anything like that? Yeah, so there's 36 reviews uh, on Amazon. I'm at about four and a half stars, which I'm very, very thankful for. Um, it's funny. My friends, I, I give them the book, and I say, hey, let me know what you think. Please be honest. And they'll either say, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, I, I think you've really changed history and proven that this guy was Billy the Kid. Or they go, man, that was really boring. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so, you know, I've tried. It's in its kind of second printing now. And so I've tried to give a little bit more context. Because if you're not into this stuff, I mean, I kind of jump right into um, some of the things that Brushy said and, and you know, his rough writer stuff and his time as a deputy. And if you don't have the context, then it's like, okay, what are you talking about, I guess? But So that's the split. You either love it or hate it. 
yeah. uh, so far. Yeah. What about other authors? Have you heard from anybody else that, that have other opinions, have written other things? Yeah, so, um, well, there's one guy I, I won't mention uh, that was seeking a, uh, a death certificate for Billy the Kid. And uh, he said, I'm going to send you all my stuff. I said, oh, great. And I said, I'm going to send you my book I wrote. And then I, I haven't heard from him since. Um, very nice gentleman. Um, but uh, I haven't, he's a historian. I haven't heard back from him. Um, probably the best feedback I've gotten, there's a gentleman named Wayne Land who runs a Brushy Bill Roberts forum. And very smart guy. They debate kind of Brushy Bill Roberts. And he said this. He said, after more than 20 years of research and 22 books read, I'm surprised and delighted at the new research revealed in Daniel's book. He approaches much of the information regarding Brushy's interview with new insight and has uncovered many new facts and documented records to support Brushy Bill Roberts' claim of being Billy the Kid. Billy was not killed by Pat Garrett in 1881, but lived to be almost 91 years old and was able to finally reveal his identity during the last few years of his life. If you ever wanted to, wondered about this story and want to make a decision one way or the other, Read Daniel's book, A Marvelous Effort to Shed Truth on the Story Once and for All. So, I mean, here's a guy who spent 20 years researching this. He's read all the books, and he said, you've done it. This is the book. Um, the other thing that's very personally fulfilling, there's a the Billy the Kid Museum in Heiko, Texas, which is where Brushy Bill lived, uh, and great people down there. And uh, they, they did a Billy the Kid Western Film Festival. A lot of Hollywood actors came in, and they do you know movies. It's kind of like an indie film festival. And the country music singer Randy Travis, Hall of Fame Randy Travis, uh, was there. And um, his his guy that's with him comes up, his surgeon actually comes up and goes, hey, Randy wants a copy of your book. And I said, wow, <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and he tried to pay me. I said, no, no, you can't pay me. And he goes, well, would you sign it for him? I was like, are you kidding me? Like, of course. I mean, that's kind of funny because, you know, I'm not an author. <laughs> so, so, I, I mean, so I signed it, and he said, would you give it to him? I said, absolutely. So wonderful people in, in the Billy the Kid Museum. I mean, they sell a few hundred books uh, every month or two, um, and they, they do a great job promoting the story of Brushyville Roberts. Um, but yeah, no, it's been overwhelmingly positive. I am sure I will find the guys, but you know, I, I guess how my position is, here's a guy that lived in a shack in Heiko, Texas that knew everything there is to know about Billy the Kid. He was the same height, same weight, same eye color, same everything. He had living witnesses that signed sworn affidavits. He faced a death sentence to go before the governor of the state and ask for a pardon for crimes committed, you know, 70 years earlier that he could be hung for, you know? And so, and then when you find that, that he really didn't lie, he really did have a wild west show. He, he really did know Buffalo Bill Cody. He really was in the rough riders. He really did do all these things. I don't know how anybody could say that's not worth looking into or at least giving it the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I'm not making stuff up. There's, there's records, historical records. I think the only way people kind of reject this revelation is if they have a preconceived notion. And there's a lot of those guys out there on trail bump into them eventually. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. God yeah. bless them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, when, they, when he came out like, um, in the late 40s, uh, was he living with someone else, or did he have a, a girlfriend, or did he have Yeah. <clears throat> he was on, I think, his fourth wife, um, uh, Melinda Roberts. Uh, Melinda Allison was her, was her maiden name. And she was, she was a Hispanic. And um, his big disappointment was he didn't tell her what he was going to do when he went to see the governor. And so whenever basically they outed him and he turned into a media circus, when he came home, he was upset that his wife would think bad about him. And he's really upset, like, man, my wife, you know, now she knows I killed all these people, whatever. And she said, Bill, I knew all along. 
that you were him. <laughs> you know, so it's a sweet story. It, you know, and look, he wasn't an angel. I think he probably exaggerated at times certain things. Um, but you know, that fits. You know, there's famous lawmen like Wyatt Earp and Bat Masterson who are on both sides of the law. I mean, those guys committed crimes too. Doesn't mean they're not wonderful people. They had amazing contributions to society. But back in those days, you know, if, if you did something bad, you went, I mean, Jesse Evans went to jail. He killed a Texas Ranger. He was in jail for one year and they let him go. I mean, back then they rehabilitated and they let you out. They, you know, and then you either went back to crime or you straightened up and lived a good life. And so Brushy Bill says, look, I've been a useful citizen since Lincoln County. He goes, you know, he was a policeman. He served in the army. He did all these things. So, you know, I'm not saying the guy was a saint. But his narrative very well fits what you would expect somebody like Billy the Kid to live. And, and that Jesse Evans, whatever happened to him? You know, I don't know that. Um, I rely heavily on uh, William Morrison, who's the original attorney, and C.L. Sonichen. So C.L. Sonichen was a, was a Harvard-educated, very, very famous uh, uh, Southwestern historian. And so they had the original evidence with, with all of that stuff, the court case with... Um, with uh, Joe Hines and, and all that original evidence, I really stand on their shoulders in a lot of ways because if we don't have that today, we rely on what they told us. Um, now, again, they took it in front of the governor of New Mexico, so it exists somewhere. I've been so busy, you know, with my real job and, and doing what I do, you know, it's been hard to put this together as it is, much less dive into all the many subjects that are out there. But um, I, I think that. Hopefully other good people will get involved and will we'll, we'll bring out a lot of this stuff. But I, I imagine he lived to a ripe old age and passed away. Um, but I don't know much more about Joe Hines. Wow. Wow, that's pretty interesting. So what, what's up next for you? Like, are you going to continue to pursue this with Billy the Kid or even more Westerns? Or um, what's, what do what you got planned? Well, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, you know, they're, they're making a movie of this book. Uh, I hope it comes to fruition. Um, they've had a number of folks, you know, wanting to be involved and I do have a production company and all that doing it. Uh, I'm not driving it. I'm just, I said, I just want the story out. So, you know, I, I feel it's weird because I have this weird feeling like I owe it to brushy. <laughs> you know, he said, let's get this straightened out. I feel like it'd be great if we could get it straightened out. I'm not trying to get rich off of it. Um, but yeah, I, I um, if I find more things, cause I do continue to look as I find more evidence, I'll probably add it in a future updated version of this book. Uh, I'm somewhat interested in this J. Frank Dalton guy, um, and I can. Uh, you got a time for one more little nugget here? Oh yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a gentleman. There's a gentleman named. Uh, well, I won't use his name without his permission. There's a gentleman that's found a photo that supposedly Billy the Kid, Jesse James, uh, Doc Holliday, and um, Charlie Beaudry. Okay, everybody knows who the first three are. Nobody knows who Charlie Beaudry is. But Charlie Beaudry was one of Billy the Kid's right hand men. Um, he's one of the guys Pat Garrett killed from ambush without warning. So he has this photo, and and it's a great guy. I've spoken to him um, for the first time literally a few weeks ago. But what's interesting about this photo is supposedly it was taken at the Las Vegas, New Mexico, not Las Vegas, Nevada, Las Vegas, New Mexico Hotel, the old Adobe Hotel. It was owned by a guy named Scott Moore. Well, Scott Moore, in Billy the Kid's trial, they, they, he needed to raise money to pay for his lawyer. And, again, this is a historical fact. So he said, go to Scott Moore's and get the, the money that, that he owes me because he took my mule and he owes me for that mule. Well, Scott Moore said, no, you owe me for room and board. So I'm not giving you any money. Okay, so that's fact. Okay, so that tells you that Billy the Kid at one point was at the old Adobe Hotel. It's the only hotel that Scott Moore owned in, in Las Vegas, New Mexico. 
the only hotel he owned. So Billy the Kid must have been there. And he was arrested there. So history tells us definitely Billy the Kid was in Las Vegas, New Mexico. So what's interesting is he's got this photo of these four men. And he says one of them is Billy the Kid. Well, in my opinion, and I haven't really looked at this too too much. I may include this in a future version of the book. Um, when you look at the Billy the Kid photo, it looks very much like Brushy Bill Roberts when he was 14 years old, which is in my book. And it looks very much like Brushy Bill Roberts when he was um, probably about 17, which is a, a photo that uh, the family of Bill and Sam Jones gave to Morrison that's also in my book. So I think that's Billy the Kid, not because because it looks like Brushy Bill. So, again, I'd have to do more study and whatever, but I think that would be fascinating. There, there's an old story, too, not, that, that's in history that um, uh, from 1920s where this guy said he met Jesse James and Billy the Kid together at the Las Vegas, New Mexico Adobe Hotel. So all this kind of things point to this meeting actually happened, and then this guy found this photo that supposedly shows him. Now, I don't know. It's an old photo. It, it's it's four guys, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. I mean, that that we know is fact. There's an old photo. It's four guys. Now, from there, whether it's real or not, I guess um, there's some criticism around, you know, other photos that this guy has. And one thing I, I know is that the people that follow Jesse James are highly energized around the topic of Jesse James. But my whole point of saying that was this. In the photo where it shows, supposedly shows Billy the Kid, Jesse James, et cetera, et cetera, Billy the Kid is taller than Jesse James. When you look at J. Frank Dalton and Brushy Bill, J. Frank Dalton is significantly taller than, Bill, than, than Brushy Bill. So I don't, it can't be Jesse James. If that original photo is real, then Billy the Kid was taller than Jesse James. And we know that Brushy Bill was shorter than J. Frank Dalton. So, you know, I do think Brushy was Billy the Kid. I don't really have an opinion on J. Frank Dalton. I don't think he probably was Jesse James. Uh, I think he was a, surrounded and maybe a brother or something like this. But it's super interesting. But, I mean, I tell you, once you get into that world, if I may not have that many critics with Billy the Kid. If I get into Jesse James, I promise you I'll be catching uh, yeah. tomatoes. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's all part of it, you know, but it's not it's not near as aggressive as the uh, JFK assassination groups or yeah. <laughs> or, or Zodiac, right? So, you know, yeah. it's all good. And now, if people want to get a hold of you, if they have some information, what's the best way they can contact you? Oh, I'd love to get uh, some correspondence from, from the folks. Um, I guess through my publisher, they have a, a email address set up, uh, Billy the Kid at Creative texts like a text message so it's creative t-e-x-t-s uh billy the kid at creative text.com fantastic i'll have that all linked to the show um again our guest has been daniel a edwards uh, author of billy the kid an autobiography and that's where the kid's identity is revealed thanks very much for being on the show thanks al it's been a blast thank you okay we're back to find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. 